Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? Today, we are shifting gears a little bit. We're going to talk about how to manage your stress. Because if you don't, your stress will certainly manage you. A great place to start with this type of work, I think, I feel, is a self-care stress management quiz. I don't love the word self-care. I feel like we're we're just, we've overused it and it's lost its glory. And stress management sounds like such a negative thing, but I'm not sure what else to call it. So we're going to call it self-care stress management. <laughs> Anywho, there is a quiz that I am going to encourage you to take. We'll make sure it's in the show notes. This quiz just helps you to reflect on where you're kind of at with your self-care, healing, stress management journey. And it's not good nor bad. It's just information that you could and should possibly use to start to ignite some changes. And there have been times where I've taken this and I'm, I go into these shame and guilt tropes where I'm like, wow, I'm really not doing well. That's not the point. The point is to be like, okay, I'm not where I want to be. And what can I do to get closer to where I want to be? And if you're doing really well, give yourself some kudos because it's hard to stay in that state and you will move and flow in and out of a regulated, happy, focused state. It's natural human existence. So it's okay. Just be mindful of when you leave your healthy state and do some things, invest in some things to get back to yourself and back to a more neutralized state. So let's talk about what what actually is this like stress management self care like what is it what what actually is this term that we overuse well it is the practice because it's a practice something that you do daily regularly frequently of treating yourself with enough respect to honor and fulfill your own needs because that's what self care or lack thereof is we are neglecting our own needs sometimes because we're givers and we just give to other people until we are dry. Sometimes because our life is so busy and we just don't have a moment to really think about even taking care of ourselves. But in many ways, you are disrespecting yourself and your body by doing that. And you're modeling for whoever's around you, partner, kids, family, that you don't respect yourself enough to honor yourself and to fulfill your needs. That that need These aren't niceties. These are needs. So just being mindful of that and know that when you start with yourself, on the inside and you address some things that need to be healed and managed and neutralized, it radiates outwards and your kids, your family, everyone will feel the energetic experience of that. And they will, they will mimic, they will model, they will mirror all of those things for you. So that takes me to this idea of practice. Like a practice is something you do regularly. And 
I would even go on to say like a routine, like creating a routine is probably most helpful because when you're in a routine with something, you do it regularly. I do think routines are important, but sometimes we get out of flow of routines and that's okay. As long as we maintain our stress management, self-care, healing mindset. This mindset is when you pause and you slow down and you check in with yourself. So the self-care is kind of the act maybe, but it's the mindset, the pausing, slowing down and checking in that really is is healing and and leads to long-term and lifelong change. So you ask yourself, how do you feel physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? And then ask why you feel that way. And if you can slow down and create space and ask yourself that, you have got that self-care mindset. Breathe, observe, feel, adjust. Breathe, observe, feel, adjust. Working through your emotion, not bypassing it. For some reason, I don't know why, and it seems to be more women than, than men, I I personally think, and there might be data behind this, there might not be, there's probably data behind this. <laughs> we feel like taking care of our own needs is selfish, self-consumed, self-absorbed. We must take care of our children. We must take care of our husband. We must take care of our school, our school, family, work, insert, whatever, before we take care of ourselves. Now it's biologically like in our system. So take care of our children first, if especially if they can't take care of themselves. Um, but it doesn't need to be a shame trigger. You are not selfish because you take some time to yourself and being a mother and a relatively dear mother, whew, don't I know this well? Like when the baby isn't here. I feel so guilty. Like I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm being a bad mother. I feel awful. I shouldn't be working. I shouldn't be enjoying this. I shouldn't enjoy the peace of the home because I should have my, you know, I should, I should, I should, I should. Not helpful. It is normal to have a break. It is healthy to have a break. We were raised in societies. Well, we might not have been raised in, but eons ago, we were developed from societies where we were in tribes and it wasn't one person taking care of a family. It was a whole community involved giving everyone breaks. So know this, it, it is normal. It is healthy to feel the shame, but breathe, observe, feel, and adjust. <laughs> and for some reason, slyly, we have shifted to, and we are now programmed to believe and think that if you are busy and you are exhausted and you are sleep deprived, then you are successful. So who cares about self-care? Because if you are those things, mm, you're good. And it's never enough. Always need more. Like, gosh, I don't know where, you know, I do know where it started. I don't know where it got really bad in the seventies. There was a self-development movement and it was good. Uh, it's good to develop yourself. But at some point, I don't know when, that movement took over. And and I think in a way that's not as positive as it initially was, where we have become self-consumed with success and doing, and a few of us are able to slow down and just be. And it's a really hard thing to work yourself back into. So think about this. How exactly could you possibly perform your best if you aren't your best and you aren't your best, if you aren't taking care of your needs and you aren't your best, if you aren't respecting yourself and your body, how could you possibly fill anyone else up if you are empty to begin with? Okay. I want to take us from there a little bit 
truth talk to a little bit more uh, focused in like values. I want you to be able to create a life that feels good and aligned to you. And that starts with making sure that we are aware of our personal values and that we are living and leaning into those values. When you are clear on your values, making decisions, managing your stress, it all becomes so much easier. So uh, we will link in the show notes for you a list of over 200 personal values. I'm going to ask you to do this activity. Look at that list or just brainstorm a list. 20, write down 20 core values. The first 20 that really resonate or stick out to you, write them down. And then you're going to take a moment. You're going to kind of reflect and you're going to narrow down to 10. And from 10 down to five and five down to three. And when you have those final three, and this gets hard, it gets hard to go from like like, uh, 10 to five, but especially from five to three. It doesn't mean that you don't value the, the few things that you're leaving out. It just means that these are the most important. Really try and get it to three. These are your personal core values. These are the things that you filter your decisions, your self-care, your routines, everything through. If they don't align to these three things, they're probably not going to fill you up, but they're probably not going to feel good. So here, here are mine. One of my first is like community connectedness. Like, do I have a community connection? When I don't have that around me, I do not feel good. And when I have that around me, but I'm not tapping into it, I don't feel good. Physical health, wellness, um, anything uh, like health oriented. Is, is a extremely high value of mine. One for health complications I've had in the past, but two, because I'm just very interested in it. So if I'm not eating well, if I'm not taking care of my body, if I'm not managing my stress, I don't feel good. And the last of which is just a learning growth oriented mindset. I always want to be learning. I always want to meet people with compassion and care and grace. And when I don't do that, I feel a little bit out of alignment and that does not feel good. It causes more stress. So when I make daily decisions that align with that and lean into that and, and a routine that is focused around that, it fills me up. I know that because I took time to create my core values. So kind of reflect on that. Are you leaning into those values once you have defined them currently? If not, how can you get closer to leaning into them? What does it look like? What are some changes you can make to your current situation, your current routines? Can you add or take something out? Uh, And the point is to make a massive shift. Massive shifts aren't usually very long lasting or effective. It's tiny little micro steps, little tiny things that you can do to improve. So one of the things that was hard for me to do is to cut out gluten and dairy. I eat a pretty low inflammation diet. I love those things. I had to one, begin to cut little pieces of them out. And then I would supplement with things that would either replace it completely or would be like a a better alternative, like some dairy-free, gluten-free options, like gluten-free bread. It took me a long time to find a gluten-free bread that didn't really stink. But I found it now and I'm happy with it and I can still have bread. It just looks a little bit different and arguably I think it tastes better. So there's that. All right. Think about that. Think about your values. Think about how you are aligning and living and leaning in there. I want to move us from this values into like, there are these big five areas of stress management and self-care. If you take your values and you align to these big five areas and you address these big five areas in your life, in micro doses and micro pieces, you're going to start feeling better overall. So what are some of the big areas that we should really focus on if we're feeling like we're not ourselves, if we're stressed out, if we are burnt out, if we are not taking care? Food. Is your food 
healthy? Is it nourishing? Is it your medicine? Does it keep you from getting sick? Or is it highly processed, high in sugar, quick fix? Like it is the things that we eat that fuel our body. So being really mindful of what are you eating? Even trying, if possible, to eat more organically. Maybe you can't afford to eat fully organically, but if you can eat more organic foods, why? Because foods that are not organic have pesticides, hormones, fertilizers. What do those things do? They're endocrine disruptors. They disrupt your hormones. If your hormones are disrupted, your body starts acting out. Inflammation, acne, unclear thoughts, cloudy mind, like fatigue, all these things, because your body's having to work harder to process those unnatural things to accept them. So eating as whole natural foods as you can. Also being mindful of the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. You know what I'm talking about? Search clean 15 and search dirty dozen. And having your your levels tested. I've had a couple, just like I bought them online. I took a blood sample, um, whatever samples they wanted me to take, sent them into a lab. The lab sent me back. Like here are your areas where you're weak. Here are the foods that you are uh, maybe having resistance to. Here maybe is where you might consider supplementing so that you feel better. Food and nutrition. Water is number two of the five. Water. Most of us are dehydrated on a daily basis. Drink enough water. Half your body weight in ounces. And maybe do something to help you recognize your water intake. Like I have a bottle that has measurements. of I know how many ounces are in that bottle. So I'm like, okay, if I get to the end of the day and I've only had one of those bottles, it is not enough water. I need to drink more. There are apps. There are like things that ping you and remind you to drink more water. Um, lots of things that you can do to help yourself drink more water. Number three, good sleep starts with technology out of your room. No TVs, no devices, no, none of those things. No doom scrolling right before you go to bed. Ideally not watching shows before you get to bed. And I say that knowing I have done some of these things. I've had periods of my life where it's been like really like traumatically stressful. And in those moments, I just want to like, dull my mind out and I have watched shows or doom scrolled and I have grace for those moments because I'm like, wow, I'm just really tired and I'm out of my routine. I'm out of what makes me feel good. I recognize that I'm consciously choosing to make a poor choice, essentially knowing that this is a temporary state. I'm allowing myself to temporarily live in it and I'm going to work towards moving out. I'm going to work towards a micro practice that gets me closer to feeling better. Also try not to eat super late because your body's digesting food for like 12 to 18 hours. So if you eat dinner at like nine o'clock, it's digesting while you're trying to sleep and just doesn't allow you to enter a fully rested state. And the last of which is trying to get 7.5 hours of sleep because you need three full REM cycles for your body to basically <laughs> cerebral spinal fluid. That's what's like washing through your brain. And it washes in and out of the brain waves during your sleep cycles. And it helps clear out all the gunk and the waste to give you a clear mind the next day. If you don't have three REM cycles for that to happen, it doesn't, the process doesn't fully happen. And you're left with some gunk in your brain and you feel a little bit groggy and a little bit tired and a little bit off and you aren't thinking as clearly. That's why we need three REM cycles or 7.5 hours of sleep, cerebral spinal fluid. So for those of you who are like, yeah, I function great on five hours of sleep. You've just fooled yourself. You've just built up some stamina to trick yourself into believing. Because I really don't believe you, you can't expect those REM cycles. You can't have the clearest mind. You might feel pretty good and that's okay. But if you actually got your 
you probably would feel better if you really allowed yourself to do it and you took conscious awareness of it. Okay. Two more Four social, get your daily dose of human touch, see people and not just online, see them in person, hug them, touch them, write letters, notes, thank yous, gratitudes, keep gossip to a minimum, build relationships, connect with people, be positive, be optimistic, focus on what's going well, cultivate relationships. Like just, just you need a community. You really need a community and not a community of like, I know people who have massive networks and they're really good at networking and they're really social beings. I would not say that those people have good communities. I would say that those people have very service level connections. We need deep human connection to feel like we belong, to feel like we are filled up. It's not this surface level, like meet all these people, befriend on a loose light level. All these people have tons of like points of connection. No, get deep with people, connect with people, continue to see people and continue to cultivate those relationships. All right. And that takes us to, oh, also before we move on, I was thinking of a couple of ways that you could meet people because it is sometimes a little tricky, especially coming out of the pandemic where we're like, what? how do we meet people again? I mean, honestly, I have used Bumble, the dating app. I have used it because there's a section on it. It's Bumble BFF. So finding best friends of, I guess, same sex. I'm not sure if they do same and opposite, but it's not related to dating at all. So I have met some amazing people on both coasts in Baltimore, DC, San Diego. I mean, honestly, there are people that I still stay in contact with. I'm, I'm always shocked by like, wow, I met these amazing women and I love them to death. And I, I met them online. I met them on mobile. So the nice thing about that is I could filter out like who had common interests and who didn't. So I knew upon meeting, we already had a lot of common interests. You can also go to networking events, but be mindful. You want to go deep, not always surface. Meetup apps, like the meetup app, Facebook groups, locals groups, any events that are being held, just like search events, events near me, organized groups. Like if you go to church, might be a possibility of connection, even becoming a regular, like a, a shop, a coffee shop, pastry shop. That could be bad. <laughs> uh, any place where you can become a regular, where you would go to and be comfortable going to on your own, where you can connect and meet with people. Okay. And the last one, movement. I don't, I don't say exercise because it's not like sign up for the gym and go lift weights or go to this class every week or go to spin class. It's moving your body. However, that feels good and right for you. Sometimes that's me taking my child on a bike ride or a jog in the stroller. And it's I'm doing it because he loves it. It's not necessarily what I would choose to do, but I don't have time to do anything else. If I want to spend time with him and I want to get my body moved, those are my options. Sometimes it's taking, sometimes it's taking him to the park and chasing him around the park. It's not always lifting weights. Yes, I do go to the gym and yes, I do try and lift weights, but it's not always that. And I would try and say, uh, I would say to try to balance out some of your workouts, like maybe not do the same thing all the time. Like one thing I really have a lot of resistance to is <laughs> yoga, Pilates bar. I mean, I, I like them when I'm there, but the motivation to get there is pretty low. I don't like to go that slow, but my body needs it. And I feel great when I leave it. So there are things like online classes, dance apps, dance classes. I use an app called sweat, which I really love class pass. I mean, there's so many resources for getting there and moving. We're going to wrap up with this. I'm going to ask you to draw either on a piece of paper or in the air, a flower with roots, stem, and a leaf or two, ideally two leaves, and some type of bloom. So whatever type of flower you want, what does it look like when it blooms? 
And what I'm going to ask you to do is plant your intention in the root of your flower, meaning right down in the roots, what you want to plant, the seed you want to plant, the thing you want to do, the one little micro thing you want to change to get closer to feeling like yourself. Then go up the stem to the two leaves. What are two actions or steps that you can take to make that intention come true? And then three in the bloom, in the blossom, write what it feels like to achieve success with this. So if I give you an example here, like I, I really need to drink more water. Like uh, truthfully, honestly, even though I preach this, I, I need to drink more water. So I'm going to write in the roots two of my bottles of water. Mm, I would say probably like five days a week because right now I'm just not there. If I put seven days, it's probably unachievable at this time. What are two things I'm going to do? One, I am always going to bring my water bottle and put it right beside me when I'm working. So I always see it. Two, I might download the app and have it remind me to drink water. Or I might put calendar reminders to my phone. Three, what does it feel like? Well, it feels like I don't need a cup of coffee three times a day. It feels like I don't need a cup of coffee in the afternoon because I'm hydrated. That's what I'm going to ask you to do to keep yourself accountable. Put that somewhere where you can see it. So you come back to it as so you can check in with it. Maybe even use the seasons as a check-in, like every season reset and make sure you're staying in alignment. And what tiniest little actions that you can take right now that you cannot fail with to give you progress towards your goal. Today's listener question is struggling with talking back. Kids, children, probably teens, <sighs> talking back. Okay. Not cleaning up or realizing that's important to keep things clean is specifically where this action uh, question came in. One, learn what motivates teen and teens and where behavior like this is like on a normal spectrum for teens. Teens are also trying to like... <clears throat> set boundaries, develop independence, figure out who they are, their sense of control or sense of self. So what would motivate a teen to clean up their room? For me, I love science. I always talk about the science things. And I'm like, look, your brain space, you're tired. Do you know what helps create more brain space? When you have an environment that's not cluttered, when you have an environment that's clean, because when your environment's not clean, your brain is mentally trying to organize it even if you're not consciously aware of that. So your brain's wasting all of this energy and seeing all this clutter and all this stuff. But if you just organize it, take a couple minutes, invest the time, it frees up your brain space. When your brain space is more free, you are available to meet with your friends and not feel so groggy. You're available to chat without falling asleep while you're chatting. You know, what motivates them and use that to support them. I, again, I like the science. Um. The other thing that I would do is the problem-solving conversation. I list out in blog posts and in podcasts, what are the four steps to those problem-solving conversations? How do we do it? How do we hold it? How do we hold it in respect? How do we keep it short? So go back and listen to one of the problem-solving podcasts or blogs, and that will spell it out for you exactly how to problem-solve for an issue like this. To wrap up the show, I'm going to share with you our try to home tip, which is to take the steps not like take the steps towards healing, take the physical steps. <laughs> I live on the fourth floor and I climb up those steps multiple times a day. I don't take the elevator. I go up the steps. Why? Well, the elevator would be easier, but the steps make me feel better. It gets my heart rate up. It gets my blood and oxygen flowing and all of that's healthy and helpful. So I very intentionally try and take the steps. Even when I <laughs> have to go to the university in Philly every summer, I think our rooms, it's usually on like, is it floors like 17 through 19 or it's like above floor 18? Like our our floor, our rooms are in the hotel are always like a pretty high floor, always. 
I go up and down those 16, 18, 20 steps of stairs. I go down them in the morning to go to the session. I come back up them in the afternoon or evening. Then I go back down them for dinner and then I come back up. So at least two times a day, I'm going up and down those steps. Always, always, always. I'm not encouraging you to go up that many steps. I might be a little bit too far on the spectrum, but feels good. And uh, just take the steps even part of the way. It uh, It's good for your body, good for your brain. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our try at home tip, which is take the steps. If you are looking for more support in the areas of stress, trauma, behavior, or the brain, I would love to be a part of that learning journey which is why I created the Behavior Hub to coach families, to coach schools, to coach organizations through how to work on these things and how to do them better. And I even have some online courses that uh, we partner up with the University of Pennsylvania for you to take and get credit for. So if you want more information, go to the Behavior Hub website. Any of that communication contact is going to be sent to me directly. And if you want more organizational wide support, you got staff quitting, burnout, stress management issues, Five Ives, F-I-V-E-I-V-E-S. Five Ives is an organization I launched with my partner, Jessica During, business partner. And we created this to address the problem of, of stress management, burnout, company culture. And we do it from a trauma-focused lens. So how do we coach you through, or we do coach you through these areas and help both admin leadership and staff coworkers we shift the entire energetic experience and culture of the organization so that people want to stay and that they are happy to do so. Don't forget to log in what you learned by sharing it with someone else or implying it right away or commenting below what you're going to try. Maybe tell me what's in your roots, your flowers, and making sure that uh, it's in conscious awareness so it actually happens. So you're not just passively listening or actively listening and then don't take any action. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer. Thanks for joining me.